0: From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, this is Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Evan Earworker, and this week... Ben Fleming is in New York City on vacation. New York. So um, myself and Pastor Steve Mickle, right here from Westside, are with you today. Welcome, Steve. Hi, everybody. Good to see you, Evan. Yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, have you have you vacationed in New York before?
1: I have been to New York twice. Once was when uh, we were on our way to the mission field, and I went to some churches, but I didn't get to see much. And then we had our uh, international conference, pastors' conference in D.C. last year, and Suzanne and I went to New York prior. Uh, for several days, and it was a blast. We had, that's we got to really see it and, and experience it. It was fun.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And this year, we're going to Seattle for our convention in yeah. just a couple of weeks. That'd be kind of cool. I wonder if we could do a podcast from there with somebody. I don't know. That's like, a great idea. There'll be we'll several people. Do. Yeah. So, Steve, this week, you started a new series uh, for the church on Family Matters, is the name of it, ideally speaking, talking about family and something that, I don't know, kind of shook my thoughts up on Jesus teaching is how he allowed for the ideal that God presents the best, the perfect, the Holy to also encounter the reality of where we live as humans and in human relationships and the, um, I guess faults and failings that happen within that. And he allows for that to happen. Yeah. Really interesting.
1: And I heard a message from uh, Andy Stanley uh, several months ago that used this language, um, and it, it it did the same to me. I mean, when I heard it the first time, it was this idea that, you know, for so long in the church, we haven't been able to talk about really tough teachings of Jesus because it's going to offend someone, or it's going to make a really good person that's had some bad stuff in their life happen feel guilty and condemned. And so we've stayed away from it. Um, or what we've also done is we. In our silence, I guess, we have allowed kind of everybody else to talk about what's moral, what's good, what's best, rather than the words of Jesus. And so now I think this gives us a language to use that, um, okay, there is an ideal – um, and we all know we don't meet up to that ideal, but doesn't that doesn't mean we need to change the ideal to match our experience. We need to like lean into the ideal and this kind of idea was revolutionary for me. It was like, oh, it was like a light bulb went on. This is how I talk to everyone, not just church people, but even people that are outside of uh of church that they they want to know. Does there anything in the Bible that actually can help me? And this language about the teachings of Jesus is, yeah, actually there is, and uh, there's a way that will help you.
0: Because really Jesus is acknowledging that no one is going to make, make the ideal all the time. Perfectly and so he's allowing us into communion with god and a a, yeah. a way to still be okay and not wake up being like i'm terrible all the time yes matter of fact
1: matter of fact in our in our speaking teams we've talked about how many of the teachings of jesus might actually be impossible we're mm-hmm. still on the fence with that we're like well why would he say something that's impossible but even his disciples said about the divorce issue that Jesus raised in in uh, in his teaching was like, well, how does any, why would anybody get married? So there's a sense in which it kind of, his teaching draws us to that point of like, is that even possible? And then he draws us back to himself to who's the one who will help us move any, move the, Move the pendulum toward it at least, I mean, even if we don't get there all the way, you know, because I don't know if we will. I don't know if yeah. I'll be able to follow Jesus' teaching wholeheartedly all the time, but but let's give it a shot.
0: Do you think that when Jesus is teaching this way, does he start from a place of grace and then introduce this idea of holiness? Um, or is he, in his cultural context, I don't know the answer to this starting with this holiness and then bringing in grace after you know it, it, which which direction is he I move think in?
1: I think holiness was a, was a done deal in the old covenant and so I don't think he had to try to bring that in and even the incarnation him coming in the flesh was an act of grace not holiness in the sense that he couldn't you know holiness is the sense like separation mm. you can't be with unholy holy and holy unholy don't mix well he kind of puts that to the side in his incarnation and, and then I think he begins to rebuild the idea of holiness um, once grace is established. Once this idea that you're accepted and you're loved, and I came to save the world, not to judge the world, he says. Once that's established, I think then he starts teaching some harder truths later in his ministry. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the gospel narrative, mm-hmm. there's a few um, hard teachings early, but not many. And then towards the end, his last year, there's a lot compared yeah. to what there was before. So there's a sense in which I think he is, you know, and even even the fall, even the people started leaving him later in his ministry, not earlier, because of some of his hard
0: teachings. And so when we see him encountering sinners and showing extravagant grace right off the bat with no behavior or repentance or change in the moment from them, um, he's, he's laying that foundation of acceptance and grace. And then in the last moment, before he leaves them, he's saying things like, go and sin no more. And sometimes I think we think that's just, that's the style of ministry we should do. Like, okay, tons of grace, tons of acceptance, and then and now go and, and be healed and be free. Bye-bye. <laughs> but that's, we don't get that opportunity, right? We, we have don't. to walk people through their Yes, and at, we have to walk, their lives. we constantly
1: right? are living in this tension, and we should be living in this tension. Yeah. And I'm completely comfortable, I'm getting comfortable, I should say, living in this tension of – you're accepted you're i'm loved i'm accepted you're accepted and you're loved um but also there's a standard there's something an ideal that he's yeah. drawing us to and let's not ignore it and let's not um you know think that it's not for us or for this generation and st- and, and let's not use it as a you know a baseball bat uh, to get everybody in line because that was definitely not why Jesus said it He did it for our best you know I, I was talking to somebody after church um, this last weekend and we were talking about the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and the Ten Commandments were written not because uh, God wanted us to all fall in line and do exactly what he wanted us to do it was like we're gonna, he knew we were going to be wandering around for 40 years and if you have lust in your heart toward your neighbor's wife it 's going to be bad for you yeah it 's going to be bad for the community, and all of the, even the Ten Commandments were written for their good, um, knowing that they were going to be wandering around for a long time together in a closed spaces and you know all of that, so I think we have to look at the teachings of Jesus not as a rigid um, in or out um, judgment um, condemnation type way, but more of like, hey, he wants the best for us
0: and there 's real world value in following. And pursuing the ideal, it's not just well, it's my my religion dictates this, or I want to be a good Christian, or I want you know yeah. I want to feel okay morally. But there's there's real world um, results when we strive after the ideal in our marriages, absolutely, in our families,
1: and that's the thing. I, and that I heard from Stanley that helped me a lot. And I close my message with the idea that there's not anybody, nobody that has walked through a divorce wants that for their kids, right. You can't, nobody, there's not one person that has been through some brokenness or abuse or, um, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank, you know, um, and say, oh, I hope my daughter goes through that too. You know, no, there, why? Because there is this ideal. And I think that, um, that just tells me that the Bible has something for us, um, because Jesus doesn't apologize for teaching some of these hard things that he that we're going to be getting into
0: this later this year. Even when you got to that part of your message, you could kind of feel you know a little tension in the room because you just sense like you know there's there a lot of divorced people. Yeah, lots, lots. lots. There's a lot of you know um, people that have gone through stuff in their relationships, and so even bringing it up. I think almost felt foreign because it's easier not to bring it up or just be like, yeah, you know, we're all, we've all got stuff, whatever. But you start naming the trouble that we've walked through and saying, that's not God's ideal. And you almost feel this, Oh, Oh, how are are people going to take this? Yep. And I think, and it
1: opens up the door now, Evan, for, I told somebody to talk about anything. Yeah. I mean, we really can, we can take any, any issue on, um, that might have something, a moral connotation to it. and, let the weight of Jesus' teaching come to bear on those things, not judge in a judgmental way, but in like, hey, this is this is actually better for us, better for our society, better for our nation, better for our world.
0: Yeah. I had a conversation maybe a week, week and a half ago with one of our leaders in the church, and he was just um, asking me uh, in regards to our, our speaking team and kind of where we're going. He said, you know, we've heard so much about grace and, and so much about acceptance and and everyone's included. And and he's like, I've honestly had it kind of up to my ears (laughs) in grace. And he said, where's, where's holiness in this? Where is this calling to a higher standard? And no sooner did I have that conversation (laughs) that here we go. We're actually um, allowing the hard teachings of Jesus, the standards of, of God to come to bear on our relationships. And so it's not that they're mutually exclusive or that we have to choose one or the other, we're either grace church or we're a holiness church. Jesus walked that line. And not even walk the line. He right. he allowed the two to kind of mix in yeah, this in
1: an amazing way. Yeah. He really did, Evan. And he was just he was so he attracted so many broken people. And then called them to a a, a a higher standard, and they went there with them, many did not all right not all and I think that 's interesting is that not everyone will follow jesus and 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 what i don 't want to do is i don 't want people to follow Jesus because of the on, only because of the grace message right um, because at some point he 's going to ask them to stop doing something they 're doing, and if it was only built on this idea that Well, I want to say that it's always built on grace because this idea of grace is like no matter what, I'm accepted. So no matter what he calls out in my life, he's not going to leave me if I struggle with that. Um, That's foundational, right? So we're not really ever leaving grace. Um, Grace is always going to be a part of it, but it's this higher call. It's this higher standard. That I want to lean into. I don't want to just let yeah. my life and my relationships suffer because um, I'm being a jerk. Yeah. You know, I want and I and Jesus actually has something to say to me about how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I um, treat my coworkers, how I treat my boss, how I treat my my teachers. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He actually has something to say to me about how I treat those people in my life.
0: You're a tennis coach, a high school yeah. tennis coach, and I hear your your team is just slaying yeah. it. I just, right I do now. want to
1: say that I've coached for four years and we've won state all four of those years. I just, I, it's just interesting timing, Evan. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's important to get that in. I, I think you bring that up, but this is most my, days. Yeah, I but, do. Uh, I, I yeah. mention it every time somebody mentions me being a tennis coach, that's sad. <laughs> I say that because you know, as a coach, obviously your job isn't just to say, "Oh, you're you're all doing so great, right. N- nothing to fix." I love you just the way you are. That swing was just fine for you. Obviously no one would say that I loved that coach in high school. Yeah. Because there was never improvement. There was never a development. There was never a It's a great analogy, Evan,
1: because in and the opposite is also true. If you have a coach that only mm-hmm. highlights the negative, yeah. you, you hate that you hate that you hate playing, you know? Yeah. And so it's this balance of, of like encouraging them, um, Johnny, you can do this. You're the mm-hmm. best on this court. You know, it um, doesn't matter how, we, how, well, you know, how well or bad you play, man. You're just, I love, I love your effort. It's <laughs> balancing that with, hey, Johnny, you throw your racket again. I'm going to pull you off the court. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to finish your match, which that has happened. Right. And so it's this kind of like, hey, there's, there are standards. And it's not just loosey goosey. And it's not just, hey, whatever happens, happens. It's this sense of like, but, but, but you're never going to be off the team. That's an interesting idea there. You're never going to be off the team. Um, and if, if we know that, mm. um, we're way more apt to let Jesus speak to us some of the harder things when we know he's not going to um, cut us. Yeah, He's not going to leave us. Um, he's going he's gonna to keep working with us. And, I mean, that doesn't happen in any other – it doesn't, actually it doesn't happen on the tennis team. There are things that will cause the person to not be allowed to play tennis on the team anymore. Um, but it doesn't work that way in in God's economy in my opinion yeah. I think there's always grace, there's always room I mean I've tried to find the end of it and I never have, he just keeps on saying oh, come on, keep your face toward me and you're in
0: Yeah, and we, and we know that, that if there is trust in relationships we are open and vulnerable to hear um, critique or things that we need to improve on if there's no trust, if there's no sense of you're going to be here tomorrow, yeah. um, then we are very wary to hear that and I think maybe we're churches have gotten in trouble is we haven't wanted to walk with people through their stuff. We've just wanted to kind of lob the opinion of Jesus onto them and then say, figure it out. But the way of Jesus is to say, you know, not with everybody, but with those who are in my care, my disciples, my followers, I'm going to walk with you, Peter. I'm going to walk with you, John, through some troubles until you become something different. That's exactly
1: right. And once you choose Jesus, you're in, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a sense of what you're going to be in, but... Um, he's not going to leave us to our to ourselves, you know. Um, ben told me we were we prepping for a message together, and Ben said um, that God loves us too much to quit on us, and uh, He's just not going to give up on us, and He's going to keep working with us as long as we're open to being worked worked on and with and uh, and also, I He wants to, He's already been there, so that's really comforting to know. Like occasionally, I need to get out on the court and hit a tennis ball rather mm-hmm. than just feeding a tennis ball so the kids know. Oh, Coach actually can hit a tennis ball. Right, <laughs> he actually knows this stuff, and and that's I think important in our relationship with Jesus, knowing that He's walked this path. Peter um, has walked this path, so I'm going to read the stuff He wrote with a little bit more attention. Paul has walked our, you know, in our shoes in some ways, and and so you see what I'm saying. So that's that's a sense of tr- we can trust this because they've they've worked this out in their lives, this faith, this yeah. journey with Christ.
0: And in that way, God uses us to be a voice of um, that people can have confidence in as well. You know, Paul's sitting in a prison cell. He may not understand why God's allowing that to happen, but everyone who's reading it, understanding what Paul is going through at the time, can say, wow, this guy, this guy isn't just, you know, making it up. He's walking through something. And that's, you know, that's how I think of your life over the yeah. last few years. We become a voice to others. We become that voice. I
1: met with... Uh, um Jamie Sawyer's dad and a lot of the a lot of our listeners will know who this is locally Jamie was um Kay- murdered Kaylee. Kaylee, Kaylee, Kaylee Kaylee's dad Jamie yeah. um, met with with Jamie um just a few couple months ago and uh, his daughter died um horrendously um was murdered um a couple years back and um Jamie is this voice to me he's a he's like encouraging me he's walked a similar path um, and the way that he's trusted in Jesus, the way that he's walked out his faith um, in such a strong way, um, is is encouraged me. You know, and I think that's what you're saying is that there's a sense in which we get to now take the teachings of Jesus that have been worked out in us. Um, those are the those are the best ones anyway. The stuff that we just read, you know, and quote verse and chapter and throw at people, and it hasn't been worked through us get it. People know, they're like, whatever, you know, that's just religious. But when I sit down with someone and I say, because of Chase dying, I've learned this about God. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what they're going to say. They can't say, well, that's, you know, that's a bunch of BS. They just say, well, you know, the the worst they'll say is, well, that's good for you. I'm glad that you found that.
0: That's the worst they'll say. And the
1: best is like, well, I need to consider that. Yeah.
0: And I guess... When I'm looking at um this me- this series this message um what is what is the goal for you for families when we talk about where we want to see obviously not everything is accomplished in a, a little series here with families but what's what's some big things that you're hoping to see happen in our families yeah,
1: I'm looking out another generation to be honest Evan I'm hoping hmm. that families Uh, Right now we'll get healthy. I hope that marriages will will be restored. I hope that there'll be some principles that people will start to put into their existing relationships for sure. But I'm also one of the more primary goals for me is to help some of our young people um, that are in some of these families that are broken start to see another way. Uh, start to believe again in healthy marriages, start to believe again that they can actually have a healthy relationship with their moms and their dads and their parents with their kids, um, that they would, they would know that, okay, Jesus has something to say to me about how I uh, interact with my friends, Hmm. you know? And, uh, and there might be a point where I need to spend less time with my friends because Jesus might say something to me about that. So, so my, my hope is that relationships will and not just in the family, but that's primary this for this series. But relationships in general will go go to another level of health. Um, and we're going to talk about reconciliation too. Evan, in a few weeks, and that's a tough one. You know, um, I think in churches, people always say, "Well, you have to, if you've been divorced, you've got to get remarried to that person." And I'm not. That's not a goal. It's not a goal in this series. I'm not trying to get people to get remarried. I'm not trying to get people. I, what what I do want to get people to is to think more deeply before they get a divorce Mm -hmm. to think more deeply um, before they stop calling their dad or they stop texting their kids. I want them to think more deeply about um, how they treat their neighbor. Um, You know, and, and if we can get people to think that way and to realize that the teachings of Jesus have something to say about that, about all those
0: relationships, then
1: I think it's a win. Mm
0: -hmm. So almost using Jesus hardest, harshest teachings, preventatively, in a lot of cases, to say, hold on, put the brakes on before you go over that cliff, understand where Jesus is coming from on this issue. Yep, absolutely. And there's grace
1: when we fall. There's grace when we fail, um, without a doubt. But hey, there's a a standard, and uh, there's no reason why we can't lean into this. Our kids, really, our kids need it, Evan. They need to see, um, my kids need to see my wife and I um, argue and get it resolved, and be committed to each other. They need to see that. They need to see that that I'm not willing to give up on a, on my relationship with their mom. And vice versa, they ne- they need to see it. They need to understand that this is possible and only by the grace of God, only by His strength, only yeah. by His wisdom. Um, and because whenever I try to do things on my own, they I screw up. I can screw up every relationship in my life pretty fast. Yeah. Um, because I'm so self-centered and I, and I'm, you know, I'm, and we all are, we all thinking about ourselves and the way of Jesus is constantly drawing us to think about
0: uh, the other person. Yeah. You're in the home stretch um, as far as having kids in the house. Crazy. What, you're four years out? So yeah,
1: I've got, my son's an eighth grader, my youngest is eighth grader. So he's, he's a freshman this
0: fall. So, and that in total will be 20 20- six years a really long time 27 years of kids in the (laughs) house 27 years 27
1: years of kids in the house my poor wife (laughs) wow that's a long time to be a mom
0: how do you foresee that affecting your marriage and just kind of your sense of family Okay, Suzanne a big Suzanne like doesn't
1: like me to talk so positively about being an empty nester one day because she's like, "We're not yet." And I'm like I know, but I can't wait. There's,
0: there's boarding schools. <laughs> you can send Spencer out to That's,
1: uh, If Spencer's listening to this, I love you, buddy. I I can't imagine life without you in my house. There's
0: no way he's listening, so just say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait
1: to be um, just a husband to my bride again. I mean, I I am that I, we try to create space for that. Um, but anybody with kids knows that it's, that's a challenge. It's a challenge with young kids. It's a challenge as they get older too, because they get busier and you got to be at more sporting events or whatever. Um, it gets more costly as they get older, less money for your bride, all of that stuff. Right. But so we've, we've tried to create space to be married. Yeah. Um, even as we're parenting, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to being an empty nester to, yeah. to enjoy that again in a, cause we were, we were young, um, when we got pregnant with Chase, um, we were in our mid twenties one year in, uh, to, a, to our marriage. Um, we got pregnant on our anniversary, one year anniversary and, uh, man, 18 months later, right. We're 18 months after getting married. We've got a kid. Yeah. And so we didn't have a ton of time to, you know, really like enjoy just that, her and me, kind of thing. So I am looking forward to that. And she doesn't like me to talk too much, too much about it.
0: And you've had your folks live with you over the f- past few years. They're not yeah. ADU, yeah. on your property, yeah. but yeah,
1: they have a little house on the back back lot, and and that's been great. But also, yeah, I, yeah, it's just all complicated. You get a lot of family just around. Oh my gosh, I mean, you have no idea. <laughs> I counted thirty of people within a block of me that I'm related to. Oh my goodness. And most of them are uh, on my mo- on my wife's side.
0: Yeah. And that's personality-wise. I don't think that's that's your style of let's get everybody around me all the time. Uh, no. Is that is that fair to say? That's just, that is really. And I, again, I'm thinking,
1: okay, who's listening to this podcast? But I, I love my family. I love. I the, won't
0: make you throw anybody under the bus. I just I know. Love my extended. If I family. have thirty of my in laws around, I yeah. Good yeah, on good we, on you Steve. Yeah, thanks Evan. We <laughs> went
1: to a we went to a pizza place Sunday after church. Um one of the, one of my nieces graduated from college and uh, I mean you just you just send out one text and literally you have 30 people um you know at a restaurant and uh and so it's good, you know, and I and but I have been realizing that um that not everybody has that kind of family yeah. structure. And so here we are in a series on family and I and I think there are people in our church who could feel isolated mm-hmm. like I'm not part of this and that's why I launched last weekend at the very beginning of the service uh, in terms of the message I was like we're all we're all family um, and there was something really powerful that Jesus was trying to incorporate into the church. Uh, his vision of the church was that it could, in many w- in many ways, replace the traditional family mm. structure. I don't think he was trying to undermine the family structure, but I think he wanted to let people know that family uh, can be defined in many different ways. And one of those ways, and one of the most powerful ways, is in his body, uh, the church.
0: Yeah, and he, he knew that for many of the Jews at first and then in many other cultures to follow him would mean a breaking off of biological family.
1: Without a doubt. I mean, we served in, in uh, Europe where um, Muslims were coming to Christ and they had to deny their family and their families denied them. They didn't have to deny mm-hmm. their families. Their families denied them. They just said, you're not, I mean, they literally made a statement. You are no longer my daughter. You are no longer my son. And, uh, and that that's the cost Of discipleship, right? That's the cost of following Jesus sometimes. And Jesus didn't pull punches with that. He let people know, hey, sometimes you're going to have to make a choice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So all the more important when we do have family structure in our lives to take care of it, to to do the hard work that's necessary. Yeah, so
1: that the gospel can go from one generation to the next without having to say, I can't follow my parents any longer because they're rejecting me you know that oh man let's let's try to create families that are centered on the gospel and uh, centered on the way of Jesus that way because like i like the series called family does matter it yeah. matters a lot and i believe next generation christians will come to christ because families decided to say yes to the way of Jesus yeah
0: for sure well um i just want to say that for this series, I was hoping we would use the theme song to the '90s show Family Matters as the intro. <laughs> you uh, did. I
1: remember you bringing that. It up. got shot
0: down. I don't pretty, know
1: why. Really fast, but, actually. Yeah. I think they thought you were joking. Well, and you do. You do come up with some ideas that are pretty. That was more of a. That was more of a reasonable idea compared to some of
0: the ones that you. <laughs> I feel like I. I don't do myself any favors because if you say enough jokey things, then you have something that you know could work. <laughs> people just write you off. And but. I
1: will say to all the listeners that Evan is one of the best um, series titlers Thank that you. we have on our speaking team.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. When
1: he's actually taking it seriously.
0: I need, I need like a little room at the church I go into and just come up with, with series, catchy series titles.
1: <laughs> You're, you are really good at it, Evan.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see as the years go by. As the years go oh, my by. my <laughs> Is that part of that theme song? I don't know see what's what's this weekend what's coming up uh we're next? talking about power down it's, okay. uh, it's Mother's Day I'm
1: talking about submission but I'm not talking about it in the old school old way because that's not the way Jesus talked about it I'm talking about mutual submission um, that it's everybody in God's family everybody submits to everybody
0: yeah and a good choice for Mother's Day yeah it was, to go, it was an new, awful choice. new school um <laughs> the idea of some well yeah I could have picked a better scripture (laughs) anyway that's what we're talking about I'm super excited about it that's great looking forward to the next few weeks as we discuss family matters and going after God's ideal for our families on the newspaper page and love and tradition of the grand design some people say it's even harder to find well then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls cause all I see is a tower of dreams